I have a very important guest, someone that knows a lot about gold, currencies. We talked about what's going on in the derivative markets, war, energy, failing economies, and really using currencies as a weapon. All of that and ever so much more coming up. I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading. And today's Coffee with Lynette, I have one of my favorite gold people on the planet, Egon von Greers. Now, Egon started Matterhorn Asset Management in 99 as a private investment company for high net worth individuals, pension funds, etc all based on wealth preservation principles. So it doesn't really matter how much money you have, but Egon knows about preservation of principle. He is an educator, prolific writer, popular guest on many YouTube channels, has a phenomenal YouTube on his own. I'm so excited to have him here from beautiful Switzerland. Egon, thank you so much with everything going on in the world today. I really appreciate your taking your time to be here. Ah, it's a pleasure, Lynette. Uh, you're my favorite lady. I uh, you know, talk about the, these problems in the world. So uh, I really enjoy it. Uh, well, I'm sure we, we'll have a good discussion today too. Well, uh, let's just kick it right off and just get right to the point because I think uh, that what we're seeing is the world actually starting to fall apart in Great Britain and with Credit Suisse. So can you talk about what you see happening in both those places? Because they are related, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, and these are signs. I mean, we are at the end of an era and, and you know, yeah. one thing after the next will, will break or, or one domino after the next will fall. Um, and they're just the first ones. It's going to happen everywhere. You know, we, we have... Uh, we, we have no statesmen anywhere in the world. We have extremely weak leaders. Uh, and I don't even need to name the countries because there isn't, a, there isn't a strong leader anywhere. I mean, you could almost say that the only strong leader or one of the few would, would, would be Putin, but I mean, he's not everybody's favorite right now. So, so which is understandable. So, right. so, so but, it, but in the West, there, there, there are no, there's no strong leadership. And this is what we get, um, Lynette, at the end of an era, uh, you know, when, when, when the whole system is breaking up, we get the leaders we deserve. Um, uh, and they are pretty awful leaders. Um, and um, what's happening, of course, in if you take in, in, in the UK, um, so just a, a change of leadership and, and just uh, a new budget, government budget, that um, with a few not you know tax changes which weren't they really that major um but they were taken the wrong way by the markets and the uk guilt market or bond market collapsed the pound collapsed um uh, and the, the bank of england had to come in to the extent of 65 billion pounds um to support the pensions market and of course you know today in that all markets are linked to derivatives exactly. and even the pension funds which are supposed to look after you know people's uh, most important money for 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 for, for their for the last years of their lives and, and that's now also they use uh, the derivatives market interest derivatives in order to create cash flow uh, with with the swap market interest swaps which is incredibly dangerous so now when interest rates went up dramatically, you know, they were illiquid and they needed to put up more margin. And then the Bank of England had to come in and support it. It just shows how incredibly fragile the system is. And don't think that it's just in the UK. This is everywhere. It's all the same. Every financial transaction in the world has got a major element of derivatives in it. All of them have interest derivatives, uh, and some have, have only synthetic instruments, even if it's stock funds or bond funds, whatever it is. So, you know, that, that's what that's. And, and the same you asked about Credit Suisse. We don't exactly know what it is, but, you know, Credit Suisse had to get support from the Fed, dollars, dollar swaps, dollar loans from, from the Fed 
and there was about 17 banks needed. Well, this we we've seen a, a 11 billion of, of daily daily uh, you know, swaps or financing. It is probably more, and it, it, clearly, I mean, all of that is a form also linked to derivatives. And, and it's not, you know, it's not just as Swiss or the UK banking system is weak. No, it's, it's the whole system which yeah. is weak. It's just that one one domino falls um, uh, before the next. You know, Egon, they they intentionally make these things so complex, complicated, and complex that the normal person would go, well, I don't understand that. And so they ignore them. And this is intentional. But could you, um, in really simple terms for our viewers, explain a derivative and a swap in simple terms? Yes, <laughs> yeah, in simple terms. The gap I mean, challenge. Yeah, I mean, basically, a derivative is, a, is an artificial um, instrument that that derives from the underlying asset uh, and so it's a synthetic um, instrument which so is based real. on an underlying as asset so if you take if you have a derivative in in bonds for example uh, you can just have a, a, a synthetic bonds i.e you're buying just a piece of paper it's nothing to do with actually except for the link it hasn't got any real underlying uh, assets with value in them, but then the most normal uh, derivatives is is interest rate. That's the biggest ones are interest rate derivatives uh, and and uh, for exchange derivatives. And that's in, in simple terms where you buy and sell um, on on a futures market. Uh, a, 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 a again a synthetic instrument that that is not linked linked to to real money except for when you settle it at the end of the day. Otherwise. It's, it's just a, a synthetic transaction that, that and these you know these were used for example when the whole of the the, the, the subprime collapse in 2008 CDOs. exactly the same thing so so these these were also uh, derivatives that were and assets were sold over and over again and packaged in the same derivatives so you can multiply the actual uh, value of the real asset by 10 20 100 times and, and trade in that. And you know, a lot of the stock funds you're buying for, for well, people, investors are, are buying, they're all derivatives. They haven't got any real shares in them either. Uh, 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 and, so, and that's what the, the Bank of International Cent Settlement in Basel, which, which measures these and reports these derivatives, mm -hmm. they reduced the total outstanding about uh, 10 years ago from, from 1.2 quadrillion to 600 uh, trillion. Uh, yes. but, but that was just, you know, they just did it over, overnight like that, uh, reduced. But that wasn't real. The, 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 the outstanding risk, I am absolutely convinced, was, it was still at the time 1.2 quadrillion. And, and I estimate, and, and from what I've learned also, that we are probably up over 2 quadrillion today of derivatives. So, so, so these are instruments that are no, they're over the counter. So they're not traded uh, on an exchange. No bank will, will keep the real risk element of those or the reserves against those in their balance sheet. Uh, they're, they're kept outside the balance sheet. And this, in, in my view, this is actually real money that, that's being played with. It's just synthetic money that's not measured as money. And in my view is that, that, that this, when these problems in the world now unwind that we have been seeing and this, these massive bubbles, and we saw it, for example, now with the, with the Bank of England having to step in to save a, a pension fund, mm -hmm. uh, then these derivatives, in my view, will actually be converted from, from a, a paper uh, instrument to real money because central banks will have to go and support all of these uh, derivatives because they will collapse. This whole yeah. system will, will collapse of derivatives and it will become debt. So, so instead of having, say, two quadrillion of derivatives, we'll have two quadrillion of debt as they try to, to save the system as when the system starts collapsing. Because that's, you know, we're on top of the 300 trillion um, outstanding debt in the world, there is, as I said, these two quadrillion derivatives. And I think a lot of that will become debt also in the next few years. Right. And there are a few things about the derivatives and things that I've been like researching and thinking about. Um, number one, you are right. 
when the they changed the accounting for netting and consolidation and blah, 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 to hide the real notional value at risk, which is based on that price action. That's the problem with interest rates. They were held down, you know, near zero for over a decade. And so all these derivative contracts built up. But now we've got this transition from LIBOR to, depending upon where you are in the world, a different interest rate benchmark. And that's coming about, unless they change it again, you know, June of 2023. It was supposed to be 21, and then they postponed it because they ran that test on just 80 trillion, and apparently it didn't work. I mean, dead silence. So this is kind of a disease that you cannot see. But part of what I'm looking at, and I want your opinion on this as well, is, you know, we're dealing with globally high inflation, and I'm really wondering how much of that is caused by traders trading these derivatives in, you know, energy and food and everything. What is your thought on that? Well, my view is that most of the inflation um, comes as a result of the uh, massive increase uh, in the money supply and, right. and, and thus in debt and in money printing. That's where it comes from. If you if you print money that no one has worked for um, and no one has produced anything for, it's clearly worthless money. Yeah. Um, and then when you put that money into the system and spend that money, let's say that the whole money supply of, of the U.S. is a, is a, a, a hundred billion, and then you'd print another hundred billion, and all of a sudden you haven't produced anything. So that means that everything goes up in price by hundred percent because you now have two hundred trillion uh, or, or uh, billion. Uh, in money supply instead of 100 billion and, and that money you printed is worthless and therefore that means that you have got inflation of 100 percent um, and and in my view that's primarily where the inflation comes from then we have also what happens then of course when there's more money chasing the same products and the same services these will go up in price automatically because there hasn't been more produced Right. So there'll be more money to spend, but money that's actually worth half of what it was, uh, but nominally it's twice, it's twice as much because they printed another 100%. Um, and then that ch chases the same amount of goods, which which inevitably just goes up by, you know, mathematically would go up by, by 100%. And that, in my view, is more of the reason for inflation than actually the derivative trading. Well, I don't know. I mean, that that could be, but then... A derivative is all about leverage. I mean, it's so much cheaper to buy a contract against 5,000 barrels of oil for, I think it's 145 bucks for, uh, you know, five to control 5,000 barrels of oil. And traders do not care. Remember, we went to negative oil. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, that wasn't, that had nothing really to do with supply and demand. It had to do with derivative trading. So, it, it, it takes all that money that was created and then puts leverage on top of leverage. Yeah. And, and traders don't care about the economy. They just care about making their, their money, right? No, you're right. It's, it's, derivatives are clearly a part of the, the, the money supply, but not measured in the same way. But they, they are measured. indirectly. What you're saying is, which is correct, derivatives is creating liquidity and and therefore uh, synthetic money and that will yeah. obviously uh, uh, you know make the inflation higher definitely so it's it boils down to a level of confidence and we see a crisis in confidence against all of the central banks the most obvious being the bank of england right now but what is your opinion on that confidence piece? Because that's what's really holding the system together. It's the yeah, public absolutely. confidence. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, yeah. So, so uh, obviously, when there is po political unrest, which we've seen in in the UK recently, or when they're changing prime ministers by the day, almost, uh, then 
of course, confidence evaporates. Uh, and as you rightly said, that a system is all based on confidence because you know it, it's like any market, stock market or, or, or property market. They're not. It's you know, a market can go down by by fifty percent by just if there's just one one seller and no buyer. Exactly. So, and that's what confidence is all about because it's it, it the confidence that actually makes the market crash. And uh, not the number of transactions. And of course, we've now had, you know, tr making money or investing has been such an easy game for anybody. Yeah. You know, any fool could have just uh, thrown a dart at, at, at any any uh, stock or, yeah. and, and made money in the last 50 years, as long as they stayed in the market um, uh, and didn't go, get out at the, at the bottom and, uh, and get, get in at the, at the top of every cor correction. So, uh, and that, that's why now, you know, we have, we have bubbles in, in, in all of the, these asset markets. And of course, my view is that this time it will not be possible to save it. So far in, yeah. in, in the last 50 years, every fall in the market has been bought up by, by central banks uh, by printing more money. Uh, and investors have, have uh, you know, bought the dips uh, and never lost money, uh, and um, but I think it'll be different this time. We are we're talking about, you know, the the stock markets are up, I think, fifty times in the last fifty years, uh, and debt is also up fifty times. So this yeah. the, the, these markets are are clearly just only up to that extent because of the printed money. If they hadn't printed. Uh, or created 50 times more money, you wouldn't have seen the markets at that level. So everything is overvalued. And you can see that in dollar terms also. You know, the dollar uh, is if you measure the dollar in real money and, and the real money for you and I, that's gold. And if you yeah. measure the value of the dollar uh, in gold, you know, they, they, and if you take uh, that, then uh, the dollar has fallen by 98% since 1971. So take off 98% uh, of what you gained in, in, in the stock market and property market. That's what you've made in real terms. And that's not very much money at all. You made 2%. Well, exactly, over 50 years. But yeah. that brings me to something else that is really troubling me. I recently did a piece on the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currencies. And what I discovered when I did that is that they are changing and have changed the functions and definitions of money. And I don't know if you've seen this because it's hiding in plain sight. If I hadn't done that research, I would not know this. But originally, and this is really what gold performs, the four functions of money is a tool of measure, a medium of exchange, a tool to make sure you are fairly paid for your labor, and a long-term storage of value to make sure that whenever you use that money, you are fairly paid for your labor. I don't know when, because I couldn't figure this out, but they first they eliminated the long-term storage, and of course they did because it's a lie. The dollar, anybody that holds dollars knows that. But now, with the advent of the CBDCs, they want to take away that being fairly paid for your labor piece and only have money considered as a tool of measure so they know how much to pay you and a tool of barter. But as soon as you deposit that check, or it's not even you, your check goes into the CBDC, they're instituting, or they, of course, they intend to, <laughs> negative rates, which means if you made a hundred bucks, as soon as they deposit it, all of a sudden there's only 98 bucks in there, 95 or whatever that negative rate is going to be. Um, you know, I, it really is hiding in plain sight and it shocked me. Were you aware of this and what's your feeling on it? Well, you know, the, it really, if we take money, as you said, in, uh, originally money was just representing, you know, uh, uh, there was a piece of paper before it was printed in, in metal form. And that was just representing the underlying asset which was placed in the bank. Uh, that right. was money. And it was always backed by that gold, uh, that underlying asset. Right. But, but so money is really from the beginning. Now money is today is also derivative. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
uh, if you think about it, that's all it is. Uh, and that's because there's no intrinsic value uh, and even less so today, because today it doesn't represent the value that originally it was meant to be, which is actually the same as the underlying gold that was lying on the bank in the bank. Um, uh, and therefore, it's just a derivative. And of course, that's why it's so wonderful for the, the central banks now that they are they can derivatives or sorry, CBDC, central bank digital money is just another form of paper money, of course. It's, right. it's, it's nothing different. Um, and uh, but it's also an elegant way for them. Number one, to pretend that now we have a new currency system and, and the, the, we write off the old debt in dollars or in euros and, and now we introduce a new currency um, uh, in, in, in form of uh, digital currency. Um, and uh, But of course, people will be fooled for a very short uh, time. I mean, the other, of course, beauty for, for, for the authorities, governments, whatever, is that they can then fine you and tax you and, and turn off your turn off your money whenever they want uh with exactly. the switch. It's programmable which is yeah. you know which is different than this was not programmable you were losing your purchasing power but you yes. made such a good point that this is really a derivative of this yeah yeah just exactly just like what's on the market the, those traders they're trading gold derivatives and silver derivatives and oil derivatives they're not actually trading the real, the physical. No, no. and we know that because nothing is ever delivered either. No, no one could that no one could deliver any. Of, of, we talking about talk about the gross value uh, of derivatives because you know, people say, well, it's only or the bankers will tell you that it's not the gross value that counts; it's the net value because we can, you can offset offset positions. But when counterparty fails, gross remains gross. Um, and you know who can who can settle two quadrillion <laughs> of well, values? It doesn't exist. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting about that? What it was? Uh, pretty sure it was two thousand and five when they changed the bankruptcy laws and put derivatives ahead of actual vendors. Like I'm a vendor. I sold you a product. Your company went bankrupt. Now somebody that bought a contract on on how good my credit was or whether or not I would go bankrupt. They're the ones that go to the head of the line and yeah. get paid out. So do you think we're going to actually see that come about? And is, is that a way to transfer all that wealth to the bankers or the derivative holders? Well, you know, I'm very clear what's going to happen at some point. Whatever games they will play before that and whatever artificials, artificial resets that they will have, none of that will be for real and none of it will yeah. work. If it will work, yeah. it's only for a very limited period of time because what they're doing is just playing with the same instruments and calling them something different. So uh, that's not going to save anything. And when I'm, in my view, the, the inevitable consequence of all of this is that um, the, the um, debt you know, will first have, because when the derivatives explode, they will first print a lot of money to settle these derivatives. So debt will go up yeah. dramatically, as I said, to maybe a couple of quadrillion or whatever, certainly much more than it is today at, at 300 trillion. Um, yeah. And then thereafter, um, the, the debt will implode because it's worthless. It has, has zero value. No one is ever going to repay anything. There, there is no money to repay it with. And as the debt implodes, so will, so will the, the, the assets that, that all this underlying debt supported. Um, and therefore, that we will have, that's a reset uh, that I expect. That's a disorder, yeah. or disorderly reset. Uh, and we'll come down, both assets and liabilities, everything will come down to, different, uh, to a very much lower level. And we'll have to start again uh, at a lower level. That's good for the world. That because it's only right. by having this implosion of debt and, and and liabilities. It's only by having that you can't write it off the debt. It's impossible. It's impossible. You can't write off just one side of a balance sheet. If you write off the debt, the assets will also be written off. So they will all come down by the same uh, amount. So that, therefore, it has to just implode um, and and then. Um, it's only from that level that we can show real growth again in the world. But 
there is a problem with growth anywhere in the world because it's not just the the, the, the money. We we I mean, the now they, they everybody will realize that you can't grow with printing money. That doesn't right. work. But but even if we don't print money and, and have a sound economy, you know we have reached now um, peak energy, yeah. uh, and all yeah. these alternatives energy forms that uh, people are shutting down uh, fossil fuels, et, uh, et cetera. And, and as you know, nuclear power plants in, in, in many countries have also shut down, uh, which is a, a, a very good form of alternative energy, but it takes decades to build a, a nuclear plant, uh, power plant, uh, and they're shutting all of that down. And you know the, the cost, so energy is now, uh, we've reached peak energy and also, the cost of producing a unit of energy also requires energy, of course, and that cost is increasing dramatically, uh, especially since all the energy that we're uh, getting up now is more ex expensive to, to extract. So you know, all of these um, uh, climate people who believe that we should stop with all the fossil fuels, which represent 85% of all the fuel used today for, for the world to turn around. It's not, so it's not possible. There will be no viable alternatives for decades, 50 years more. And you know, gradually, maybe we'll come with alternatives. But that will take a long time. And if we stop producing the fossil fuels or using fossil fuels in the meantime, um, the world will totally collapse, totally. Exactly. And the people who glue themselves to the road uh, and stop all traffic, which is happening in Europe everywhere, you know, they don't realize that. Everybody thinks that this is just, we have alternative, we've got to just produce more alternative energy. It doesn't work like that, sadly. I, we all wish it could, but it doesn't. Right. I mean, they have to still build that out that infrastructure. It's like California wants everybody to drive electric cars on one hand, and then in the, the next breath, they're saying, but the grid can't handle it. Right. No. So they can't, everybody can't be driving electric cars. And, uh, and we are, are, we are seeing some backpedaling, particularly in the nuclear area, aren't we? Some plants that were, were shutting down, they postponed shutting them down. Yes. Yeah. They have one, Marta, they have. So, so, but, but you take Germany, they've shut down most of the plants, but the last two, three, they're not shutting down now. Right. Um, uh, so, well, so, and, and aren't we also seeing, like in Germany, um, them nationalizing Russian energy uh, parts that are still in Germany that they have access to? Yes, they are. I mean, the, the well, we all know how, what, what, what the, the, the lunacy policy of Merkel and her <laughs> government but by... Uh, first, they had the problem of letting in just too many immigrants that the, the country couldn't cope with. Um, and then the, they uh, outsource all their energy to Russia. Right. Um, you know, uh, uh, and of, of course, you can't be dependent on one country. And especially since we have a world where nobody can keep peace. And of course, the, these sanctions that the U.S. really... Uh, uh, initiated against uh, Russia. I mean, they're ludicrous too, totally ludicrous. And, and the whole Western world is suffering and the whole developing world, everybody's suffering because of that. And, you know, one thing in, in, um, in, in Roman times, the um, countries prospered and, and countries that were occupied by, by Roman and, and every country prospered because there was free trade. So the Romans didn't stop free trade just just because they conquered half, you know, a big big part of Europe and and, right. and a part of the East and Africa, etc. They didn't stop trade. Trade continued, and there was a, a glorious times until, of course, the empire collapsed uh, uh, around you know, just before year five hundred. But, but nevertheless, right? They debased the currency. Yeah, exactly. So so there was trade, and now you know the US is, uh, has told the world and, and uh, the Western world and the EU um, to uh, sanction everyone. And I don't understand why the EU uh, uh, agreed to it because they're, and they're, not, they're totally energy dependent on, on Russia. So the EU has shot itself in the foot and, and especially Germany, of course. And it's a disaster for you, uh, Europe now this. 
um, and especially for Germany. I mean, the other countries were weak already. All of the Mediterranean countries were, were on the verge of collapse before that, and Germany was a strong country. Now Germany is suffering dramatically and will not recover for, for, for this uh, for, for a long, for long, long time, in my view. So, so we are, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, as well. You, you you started by talking about Switzerland and and uh, um, the UK and, and the banking systems are being being under attack, uh, but you know all the dominance of falling in all areas. But this is exactly uh, what we would have expected. The uh, exactly. when you get to have an end of an era, that's exactly everything that goes wrong can go wrong, will go wrong, and it is happening. Um, and then you add war to that also, because it's always a part war of, of, of these uh, troubled times, unfortunately. Absolutely. And, and that makes me wonder, I mean, really, because you brought up such a good point about, you know, why did the EU go along with the energy sanctions when they were so dependent on Russia? And I mean, you also made a, an absolutely accurate statement is during these currency regime shifts, these major shifts that we're making, there's always a war. And that makes me wonder if this is planned or it really is them and us. Do you have an yeah. opinion on that? Well, I read a lot about it and I have a lot of knowledge about it, but, but I, I don't really like talking about conspiracy theories because that then, you know, you, you uh, some people will love to hear it and, and others will hate to hear it. Oh, I didn't even think of that it. as a conspiracy theory. I, I'm just looking at it and going, there's so much insanity on both sides. You know, I'm not yeah. making a statement. I'm just asking that question. No, but but it's, it's very clear to the ones who, who also study, for example, this war. This is this war has nothing to do with Ukraine. Uh, this war has to do with Russia, against, uh, United States against Russia, um, and United States first of all wanting to separate Germany from from Russia and that relationship and dependence, because the United States we didn't want a strong axis in. In, in Europe mm -hmm. and Russia, and then going on to China. So, so, the, so, so that, that, that you know, that, that's that's one side of it. So it's really, you know, you can, you know, I've learned in, in life that you should never. You, there was a book I, I read many years ago, which is an expression that we all know in in various forms. Is that before you judge somebody, you must walk three moon laps in his moccasins. Um, this is an old Indian saying, but it's like wearing somebody's hat, of course. So, but, you know, and you must think, you know, if you can, I can wear Putin's moccasins. Doesn't mean that I agree with war and I agree with what he does, but, you know, he, he, it was very clear that there was this Minsk agreement in 2014 uh, that was mm -hmm. brokered by Germany and France that basically said that um, um, the Donbass region in Ukraine, which is uh, consists of almost exclusively Russians, should have free elections. Um, uh, but Ukraine continued to bomb that region and then, then even more intensively just before the, the Russians uh, came into the country. Uh, and you know, some people say that there was a deliberate uh, move by, by the United States to, to um, tell Ukraine to bomb uh, in, in order to escalate the war. I don't know. I mean, of no one can prove that. I, I, I don't know. What, what I'm saying is it was at least clear that this Minsk agreement should have been settled and you uh, and the Donbass region, which the, this war is all about, because that's what Putin wanted. That's why he invaded. He didn't invade to take Ukraine just, just for the Donbass region, uh, region to have these free elections and decide since they're 100 percent Russian, more or less, they probably would have gone with Russia. Um, and that's what started this war. So yes, of course, there are other things behind a lot of things um, that we are we'll not aware know. of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's a really good point on that. And then you look at what's happening with China and Taiwan. Do you think we're headed for World War Three? You know what? It's a good question that, um, first of all, some people are worried about war in Europe, and you know, some Americans are afraid of coming to Europe because there's a war. There isn't a war in Europe. Uh, there are economic problems, certainly, but there's no war in Europe. There, there is a, a local war in Ukraine. Um, 
Russia has so far in history virtually never gone west. They've only they only chased the Germans out of of uh, uh, of Russia in in the Second World War to to Berlin, but that was just to, to get the Germans out. Otherwise, they've never invaded the, the, the West, and they have no interest in doing that. Yes, they have gone east a lot, but that's they consider part of their territory because that was the former Russia, the former Soviet Union. Um, so I don't, I have no fear whatsoever of, of, of a war in Europe. Uh, and no country wants a war on the ground because nobody can win a war on the ground. Uh, uh, um, and and um, therefore, the only war that would be is a nuclear war, if that if there was one. Of course, the risk is there because anybody can press that button by mistake. Uh, because they suspect somebody else having pressed it and, and they press it. I mean, that's the big danger. But I don't worry about that either, because if we get a nuclear war, we're all dead. <laughs> and, and, you know, we're all, I mean, we're all yeah. going to die anyway. I mean, my philosophy is we're all going to die anyway. So, uh, yeah, of course, you want your children or grandchildren to survive. But so I cannot go and worry about a war because a war which is likely to kill the whole world, like, like in, in uh, Never Shoots, uh, Book, oh. book and film um, on the beach, uh, which so um, which, I mean, that's frightening and, and, and horrible. But but nevertheless, I don't worry a slight bit about that, and I am not afraid of have uh, of a war on the ground in Europe, for example. Uh, I think that that war will remain local to to uh, Ukraine. You know, it could touch, it could touch uh, Belarus or whatever. But but uh, you know, it's got, not going to go further into Europe at all. And if there is a risk of a war on a bigger scale, there's only a nuclear war, and that's nothing. I never worry about things I can't do anything about. Uh, you know. That that's true, but not all wars are are uh, played on the ground. And what we've witnessed with this war is the weaponization. We've seen this before, though the weaponization of of finance, and the weaponization of energy. And, you know, the finance piece also means that food is now weaponized. So, I mean, you know, ground wars, I mean, that's like, that's like history. And I think that's more about show. I think that we could be seeing a World War III on ever so many levels as countries weaponize the biggest assets that they have. In fact, some are actually arguing that that's what's happening with the dollar is being weaponized. So it's such a strong dollar. And apparently nobody here particularly cares about the impact that that strong dollar is having against the rest of the world. But, uh, and certainly, of course, hey, I'd much rather get in, I'm being facetious for viewers, but you know, after all, you would much rather have a treasury bond and the fragility in those markets than you would a piece of gold that has the broadest base of buyer. So can you address the strong dollar and that whole piece behind, you know, the fallacy? Well, yeah. I, I, I simplify the strong dollar. Of course, the, 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 since the introduction of the petrodollar, I mean, the, the, the dollar became the uh, well, the reserve currency and the payment currency of the world, um, which everybody had to have, uh, number one, for energy. And, and since it was used for energy, it was used for basically every commercial transaction between um, parties around the world in trading, uh, 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 even outside of the, of the uh, even where the U.S. wasn't involved. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a very clever way for the, for the U.S., um, uh, to actually uh, dominate the world uh, with a currency rather than with, with uh, weapons only. Um, so that was a, basically a, a, a build-up of a financial empire which has benefited the U.S. tremendously, but uh, at a cost. And, you know, the cost is that, well, as we know, from, from the, the U.S. debt, federal debt has gone up Virtually every year, with with a five years exception, since 1930. Why not? Number, number one, uh, uh, yeah. uh, and as I said, since in 71, when they took close the gold window, the U.S. dollar has lost 98 percent. So, 
the US is bankrupt, living above it, its means, but it still has an, a, a, an instrument or a weapon uh, with which it can dominate the world. But, you know, since we've seen all currencies decline by 97 to 99% since 1971, Lynette, um, the dollar is just temporarily slightly stronger than the others because this is a game of, of you know stair stepping and, and and you know they can't all go down the currencies can't all go down against each other at the same time right and just just now recently in the last few years the dollar has been stronger that's temporary you know they will mm -hmm. continue this game of, of the dollar is will be probably next to fall now some people say that that um with uh, now the financial system under pressure and Europe having problems and assets and, and, and with the political problems in the world and, and, and potential wars, that assets will flee to, to uh, the, the dollar. Maybe they will a bit more for a while, but the, the dollar to me looks very overbought. It's, it's, as I said, it's a currency which uh, from a country which is totally bankrupt, both debt-wise and, and balance of trade, balance of payment-wise, etc. And living about above its means for at least fifty years, and 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 even ninety years, if you take the federal deficit. So therefore, the dollar will collapse too. I mean, I, that, you know, so that's it's a temporary thing. Um, and you know, I, I certainly wouldn't hold any currency. You know, if you're going to play the currencies, you will lose always, always. Uh, because no 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 individual has the ability to switch from currency to currency. Um, and therefore, why not just hold the currency that has never uh, gone down ever in history uh, over time? I mean, it's, it's so easy. And, and, you know, we are, we are being supported every day, Lynette, by central banks. When I say we, we who understand money and, and gold, every day the banks are spending billions and, and trillions in, in supporting gold's value by constantly debasing their own currencies. I think we can ignore the fact that do the dollar temporarily strong and gold therefore is temporarily weaker in dollars. Uh, that that, means that's that's a contract gold. too. That's a, just a yeah. derivative contract. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, so therefore it's so easy. You know, if you want to sleep at night uh, and not worry about investments, uh, but sadly only half a percent of world financial assets uh, uh, are not into the one, uh, one security, if you want, or, or, or currency, which is always over time has a survived and maintained its value, and, and which is gold. It's so simple. And, and as I said, now with the with the increasing amount of inflation, money printing, and debt default, you will have more and more money printed in every uh, country in every currency. And and the fact that gold has been standing still for a while in dollars means nothing. You know, it's up right. seven, eight times in, in, in euros, in yens, in, in, in yen, in pound, et cetera, et cetera, since, since, um, uh, since 2000. Uh, it's just up only six and a half times in dollars or something like that. So, so the dollar isn't strong at all. It's just temporarily a little bit stronger than the other currency. And no exactly. one, it's just, uh, you know, yes. So therefore gold looks weak. Uh, measured in dollar terms, well, we we hear and you nobody measures gold in dollar terms. You think the Japanese have seen the the yen collapse? You think they measure it in dollars? They measure it in yen, and the yen has collapsed against gold. Um, and it's the same with the pound, the same with the Swedish kroner, etc. So, uh, and, and the, the time for for the gold against dollar is going to come very soon, also. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so therefore, it doesn't worry me. I'm I'm not worried about these artificial temporary moves, which I call this. Uh, course i can't you know there's no use playing that game anyway right but there's something also that's really um that i'm seeing so i'm wondering if you're seeing this too in the physical market because you rightly were talking about derivatives and what is the spot gold contract is a derivative it's just a contract they can create as much as they want to but yeah. i'm seeing premiums now in the physical market like in china they're at the highest level, at least in the last two, the premiums are, are at least the last two crisis, the premiums are now higher than that. And I also saw a breakout in like the lower quality collectibles as well as, and, and a huge breakout in the very high, high end. Um, so what are you seeing? Because you deal with massive volume. 
So are you, yeah. what, what are you seeing in your markets? Yeah, there, there, uh, yeah, there, are, there are two um, well, different markets now, really. There is the retail market, the smaller investors, um, and, and especially we talk about here coins um, and, and maybe small bars, and there, and also, of course, silver also. Yeah. There we, we, we're seeing, yes, so that's not our market, but I'm just I'm a, I know just like you that that market has got massive premiums now. Right. Uh, and, but if you if you deal in the bigger bars and, and in the wholesale market for bigger investors, gold demand, uh, so, so in the smaller market, high premiums, high demand. In, in, in the bigger market, bigger investors for bigger gold bars, silver bars, there low demand is right now quiet wow. and, and premiums are not high at all. So, so you have, you have, yeah, so, so it's a two tier market right now, except for the paper market, of course. So that's interesting, but, but, but you know, price is telling you that you're talking about massive margins, et cetera, massive spreads on, on gold and coins, et cetera. But look at the price is not moving at all. So that exactly. market well, with that high demand is not moving the, the, the gold price or the paper price, which is made at the gold price anyway. Uh, uh, so, so therefore there is no shortage at that end of the market of gold. Yes, there is steady demand as always been, the refiners are as always selling everything they produce. And you know, the, the 3000 tons that are being mined every year of gold is all being sold, which it always has been, but there is no excess demand now in the big market at all. So, so, so that's, that's still to come. But you know how interesting that is? Because when I'm looking at the ultra rarities, which is kind of, this is a, I guess a two-tone market, um, but the ultra rarities, the breakout has been like actually very substantial. And these mm -hmm. coins will, I mean, they are still coins, so they are still retail, but these might go for, you know, 8 million, 15 million for an ounce. So I'm yeah. sure that the bigger market is going to absolutely catch up with that because that's will, the smart money. I don't think we are. I mean, I, I've learned patience, uh, so there's no use trying <laughs> yes. to, to time it in the short term. <laughs> yes. But I think when gold breaks up out here now, um, it's going to go very fast in my view because the mm -hmm. underlying fu fundamentals in the world are so strong and gold has not, uh, and I'm talking about in dollars now because in other currencies, gold has been strong already and is strong. Uh, uh, but but gold has not yet reflected the uh, enormous amounts of money that has been created and, and, and printed in, in the yeah. last few years. So a plus, there will be a shift in that. Investors, once they realize that stock markets are going to continue down and bond markets are going to continue to be weak, um, uh, and they have to go away from the, the, the 60, 40, you know, 60% yeah. stocks and 40% yes. bonds, like mm -hmm. every average investment portfolio and especially pension funds have. Mm -hmm. And they have to realize that they have to include some part of inflation protection in this. Of course, the, they, the world is not going to put all their money into gold because there is no gold available for that at all. Right. But if they go from half a percent to 1% or 2% of world financial assets, gold will explode um, because there, there, um, there isn't enough gold in quantities to satisfy that. So they can only be satisfied in by higher price. And that's going to happen, uh, definitely. And I don't think we're far away from it. So, you know, and, and as we always say, you know, put buy your insurance before the house burns, get it. Get it now. Don't worry about it. Just uh, you know, don't worry about the daily value of it. Just have it and right. have it ready. Uh, what are you going to do? Convert it into this garbage? I mean, yeah. You know the the really wise words, and I could go on and on because there's so much happening in this world. But I want to respect your time because you are over in beautiful Switzerland. So I know that I really appreciate your late interview. I really do appreciate it a lot, Egon. Are there any other words of wisdom and you want to tell people how they can find you? Of course, we'll have all the links below and also on the blog, but anything yes. you feel. 
Yes, of course. Well, thank you for those words, first of all, uh, because, uh, yes, I, I, I think it's always very special to speak to you because we're speaking the same language. We're trying to help a number of people. Uh, we're not we don't run businesses. This is a passion. Uh, yes. helping uh, a few people and sadly only a few because most people don't understand this and don't believe in it but we're helping a few people to 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 save and 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 to to uh, uh, protect their wealth uh, to, at whatever level that can be at the one ounce or one gram or, or level or it can be uh, at a hundred kilo or a ton level doesn't matter the principle is exactly the same and if people in venezuela for example 10 or 20 years ago had just bought a gram of gold or, or an ounce of gold they could have paid for all their food now etc for, for a long time so so you know it's important at whatever level you are uh, to protect your assets, so so we um, do it at at, at for, for bigger investors. So we have a uh, one vault where the minimum is four hundred thousand dollars, and then we have um, the, the biggest private gold vault in the world in in the Swiss Alps, uh, which is a, a James Bond like exp experience. It, it's it's the protection that doesn't exist in any other vault uh, in the world, and and that our minimum is five million dollars. So it's for much bigger investors. But as I said, the principle is the same whether you buy a, a, a an ounce or whether you buy buy a, a ton of gold. The principle is the same. You know, the protection now is absolutely critical in the times that that we expect uh, coming, uh, and that's that doesn't include. You know, a war is in addition to that. We talk about right. the, the economic and financial uh, collapse that we are likely to see. So, uh, you know, but uh, the, the otherwise, you, know, you and I often talk about that. It's all about now. We see it already. People suffering everywhere. We see uh -huh. it in you in many countries. People yeah. haven't got money for the heating. A lot of people are turning heating off now. They can't buy enough food. They go hungry, and this is normal people. This is not poor people living in the street, yeah. uh, but that's going to happen too. So, so it's already starting uh, everywhere, and it's going to get worse. And and of course, what we what we have to do to the extent we can, or everybody has to do, is to help help you know fellow human beings. You help friends and family, and and whoever you can help, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that's key now because there are going to be a lot of people who are going to suffer very badly in these uh, coming times. Yeah, it's it really it, probably, the you know, you've got to have food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, but and shelter. But but arguably the most important piece is that community piece that you just brought up. So thank you for yeah. bringing that up because yes. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Mm -hmm. And I am so, so happy to have you here today. And and I promise one of these days, I'm going to let you show me your big vault. Absolutely. I'd love to see I'm sure everybody would love to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Please come. Please. Well, I, I'm going to plan a trip. I'm going to. It's very interesting times to be gone these days, but um, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Uh, you're always welcome. Thank you. So as you can see, I hope you guys got, I mean, we taught, we covered a lot of really important topics and things that are having an impact on all of us and also on precious metals, which is the primary gold, primary currency metal, silver, the, the secondary currency metal. But the reality is, is all of the fiat currencies, all the government currencies, they're going to their intrinsic value of zero. So I hope you got a lot, a lot out of today's interview. And until next we meet, please be safe out there. Bye-bye.